Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. This is the day that you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Today we honor you, Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, Savior, our High Priest, and we thank you for all that you have done for us that we might have life and hope and victory in Jesus. We thank you for this morning. We thank you for the opportunity we have to worship together. And to be in this place together is always a privilege. We thank you for it. We pray that now that you would help us as we open your word, that we might truly hear what you have to say to us, that we might truly understand the glorious, wonderful privilege of having you, Lord Jesus, as our high priest, who are believers in Christ. We pray for those who are with us here today who do not know Jesus as Lord and Savior. We pray that our witness and our, our gathering together might encourage them to step forward and follow Jesus, repent of their sins, and believe in the Lord and be saved. And we pray, Lord, <clears throat> your will be done in this world as it is in heaven today. We pray for you to come quickly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning. Good to see all of you again today. If you have your Bibles, find your place in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter number five. I'm Pastor Mike, if you're a guest with us here today, we're honored to have you. We're glad our boys and girls are here and they're always faithful to bring their Bibles. And that's a wonderful, wonderful thing, boys and girls. And I'm glad you have your Bibles here this morning. I'm a still a little bit uh, weak-voiced, so I hope I won't be a distraction to you today. Those of you who are joining us online, may the Lord bless you on this um, very special weekend in the uh, life of our country. And we pray for those families who have been affected personally by the loss of their own loved ones who gave them themselves in service to our country. We are talking about a very important subject, boys and girls, today that Jesus Christ is alive and he has risen from the dead after he was crucified and he ascended into heaven, by bodily into heaven, beyond the heavens and went to heaven and now is our high priest. Those of us who know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we have a high priest, a great high priest. And I feel it my duty and responsibility as a part of serving as your pastor to help you understand the importance of the priesthood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not only the glory of it, but how important it is in your personal life today. I wonder today, have you been with your priest today? I wonder today, do you know how to go to your high priest? These things become very important to us in all the days of our life. In the good times and in the hard times, whatever we face. So I want you to read with me Hebrews chapter 5. We'll do then a little bit of review and you'll have your Bible open and you can follow along with me easily. And so this morning we're picking up, we, we were reading last week in Hebrews chapter 4 verses 15, 16. And, and weeks before that in verse 14, we'll look back at those in a moment. But now... Uh, the Apostle Paul continues his thought about the importance of the high priest. For every high priest, Hebrews chapter 5 verse 1, For every high priest taken from among men is appointed on behalf of men in things pertaining to God. In order to offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can deal gently with the ignorant and misguided 
since he himself also is beset with weakness. And because of it, he is obligated to offer sacrifices for sins as for the people, so also for himself. And no one, verse 4 is very important, no one takes the honor, that is the honor of being high priest, to himself, but receives it when he is called by God, even as Aaron was. So also Christ, now we pick up with our verses for today, our focus, so also Christ did not glorify himself so as to become a high priest, but he who said to him, you are my son, today I have begotten you, just as he says also in another passage, you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. In the days of his flesh, he offered up both prayers and supplications with loud crying and tears to the one who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his piety. <clears throat> Although he was a son, he learned obedience from the things which he suffered. And having been made perfect, complete, that is, he's finished his work, he's finished his sufferings, he became to all those who obey him the source of eternal life. Being designated, please notice the words, being designated by God as a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. Heavenly Father, now bless the reading of your word and may the Holy Spirit be our teacher today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. These are mysterious words. These are great truths. They help us to see the divine purpose of the Lord Jesus Christ coming and how his high priesthood is tied to his coming and his sacrifice and his sufferings on the earth. It is the purpose of God to provide us with a permanent priest to help us come to God. And that is what we're seeing here in this passage. The focal truth I have for you today is this, that Jesus Christ is the perfect high priest he is perfect, and I would add, and the qualified high priest. All of us go to experts. Uh, when we have needs, various kinds of needs in our life, we go to the experts, those that are certified, those that are designated, those who have the uh, credentials and the experience. We go to them when we have needs in our personal life. I uh, submit this to you because Paul is giving this here to the Jewish Believers who are some of them very discouraged, reminding them of the priesthood of Israel and how the Lord Jesus' priesthood is superior in all ways, demonstrating that the Lord's priesthood is perfect, his priesthood is eternal, and he is absolutely qualified, designated by God the Father to be high priest. That matters to you as a believer. There is in these words, these mysterious words of how. God the Father speaks to God the Son in verse number 5 and declares Him, You are the beloved Son whom I have begotten. And then those wonderful, amazing words from Psalm 110, You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. These two Psalms rise out of the book of Psalms as great prophecies about the Lord Jesus Christ. They focus on Him and who He is. What have we already learned about the Lord Jesus, our high priest? You have your Bible open. Go back now. Hebrews chapter 2. Let's do a little review. Number, number uh, chapter 2, verse 17. 
He, that is Jesus Christ, had to be made like his brethren. He had to be made like us. We're reading here today, and we'll see this in just a moment, that a high priest comes from among the people. Jesus Christ came from among us. He is one of us. He is both God, fully God, and fully man in flesh. He had to be made like his brethren in all things so that he might become a merciful. Please notice 17 of chapter 2. He's a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God. We need someone who is merciful, someone who is faithful to help us come to God. And he makes propitiation for the sins of the people. He sacrifices for the sins of the people. For since he himself was tempted in that which he has suffered, please notice in verse 18, he is able to come to the aid of those who are tempted. Then we go to chapter 4. Therefore, since we have a great high priest, church, who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold our confession. Hold on, hold fast to our confession. All right. Another week has come and gone in your life. I don't know what news you've received today, whether it's some kind of news about your family or your children or grandchildren, your friends, your neighbors. I don't know what you've... Perhaps it's about your health or someone else's health. You've heard the news. Is there anything that's going to shake you from your confession that Jesus is Lord? That's the question. Is there anything in this world that's going to shake you from saying Jesus is Lord regardless of what it is that comes in your life? Well, because we have a high priest who's passed through the heavens. The Lord Jesus is alive, passed through into the heavens of heaven. The glorious heavenly place, Jesus, Son of God, hold on to your confession, whatever you're going through. For we do not have a high priest, 15. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who's been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. There's one in heaven who feels your pain today as a believer. There's only one place where there is pain in heaven. And that is in the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ for all of his people. His suffering church all around the world today. And believers who suffer today in their own personal lives and in their own experiences. There's one who knows what you've gone through. Verse 16. Draw near. How do I get to this priest? I draw near by prayer. You go to heaven when you pray. This is what I talked about last week. Draw near is what we did when we worship today. When you're singing, are you singing for each other? Are you singing and joining the heavenly crowds as they sing the myriads and myriads and masses in heaven? You see, when we worship, we draw near. We go to heaven and worship the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the practice of the church. You learn how to live in heaven while you're on the earth before you go to heaven. So let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. That's where we go. So that we may receive what? Mercy. When you go to the throne of grace, you receive mercy. And you find grace to help in time of need. And then we come to our passage. Well, there are three observations I have for you today that I'd like for us to look at briefly. Number one, we see in these first four verses that imperfect men served as high priests for Israel. So through the long lineage of those who are a part of the tribe of Levi, beginning in the book of Exodus, uh, 
Moses' brother Aaron is anointed and designated and called by God to be the, the high priest. And from his family come all the priestly, uh, the priestly ones who would minister on behalf of Israel to God. In Exodus, we've been looking in our studies on Wednesday night at the elaborate clothing of the high priest. All of it having great meaning and all of the high priesthood of Aaron and of Israel is pointing toward this one who is the great high priest, the permanent and eternal high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ. Though the Lord Jesus was born not of the tribe of Levi, he was, he was not born of the tribe of Levi, was not qualified to be a Israel high priest. He is of another, another tribe, and we'll talk more about coming from the order of Melchizedek in the days ahead. It's mysterious and wonderful and glorious to know our Lord Jesus Christ and to approach Him in the majesty of who He is in His sonship, eternal sonship, also His humanity and in His priesthood as Melchizedek. And all these things matter to you. So we see these high priests, uh, they are not perfect, but they represent the people to God. That's what a high priest does. A high, a high priest is the representative for the people to God. The Lord Jesus is our representative. He is the one through whom we have access to God, peace with God, relationship with God, and joy in loving God. Secondly, Jesus is the perfect and eternal high priest because God appointed him. And finally, we'll look for a moment at the fact that Jesus is perfect and his high priest is eternal. His high priesthood is eternal because he suffered and became the sacrifice for sins while on earth. In order to understand our Lord's priesthood in heaven, we're brought back to earth. We're reminded again of what it is that qualified the Lord Jesus Christ to be our eternal high priest. What qualifies him? How is it that he's made the one that you and I can go to and draw near in all of our needs? Well, this is why we look at this tonight, today. First of all, just for a moment, look at the, the detailed description of what high priests do in the first four verses. Verse number one, every high priest taken from among men is appointed on behalf of men in things pertaining to God. <clears throat> we as God's people in this church, we know and we understand we are all saved and as a result of being saved, we are made priests with God. We have our own access to God individually. We do not have to go through any human being in order to have a relationship with God. We go directly to the Lord Jesus Christ, who is our Savior and our High Priest. And because of that, we can have a relationship with God. We can have peace with God. We can have the joy of knowing Him. But he goes on to say here, Appointed on behalf of men and things pertaining to God. And notice what the priest does. He offers gifts. He offers the gifts that the people bring to God in worship. And he, he offers the sacrifices for their sins. Gifts and sacrifice. Gifts and sacrifice. This is the task of the high priest. The Lord Jesus is offering our gifts to God. They pass through Him. Our praise passes through Him. Our glory and our thanks passes through Him. All things pass through the Lord Jesus Christ. To God the Father, 
praise his name. And that's what he does. And because he became the sacrifice, the priest became the sacrifice. This is a glorious thing for us to understand as believers. He cannot, he can deal, number two, <clears throat> gently with the ignorant and misguided, since he himself is also beset with weakness. What did we learn? As we were just reading earlier in chapter four, he can sympathize with our weakness because he has been tempted in all things just like us. The Lord Jesus is fully human. He is alive today in heaven and he is fully human. He has both a human nature and his divine nature. The glory is he is touched. I mentioned this last week, the King James, as it reads in Hebrews 4, 15, he is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Yes, that's what it is. When you've been human, you know what it's like to be human. You know what it's like to experience it and feel it. Well, you see the high priest was human from among humans. He was a man among the people. He knew what it was like to struggle with weaknesses. Verse three, he was obligated because of these weaknesses to offer the sacrifice for the people. And who has offered himself? Who has offered himself? It is the Lord Jesus Christ uh, on our behalf. And then four, and no one takes this honor of priesthood to himself, but receives it. Notice when he is called by God as Aaron. This is a ministry you're called to. So what do we learn today? As, we, as he transitions, he says in verse 5, so also Christ. He does not say here, please notice, Jesus. He does not say Jesus. He says, so also Christ. That's a very important word for all of you. The Lord Jesus Christ, that is the Lord Jesus Messiah, the Lord Jesus, the promised one. All of the Old Testament foretold of this one who would come and his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. All of your Old Testament points toward this one, this one whom we have believed in and trust as Lord and Savior. He is the promised Christ of the Old Testament. He is the Messiah. So also Messiah did not glorify himself so as to become a high priest. Even Jesus Christ, notice verse 5, you are my son, God says, today I have begotten you. Even though he was the son of God, he did not take his priesthood upon himself. It was given to him. Verse number 6, you are a priest according to the order of Melchizedek. This is the designation of God. He did not glorify himself. I remind you of this today as we think about what qualified the Lord Jesus on the earth to be our high priest. First of all, he did not glorify himself. We live in a day of self-glorification. It's what it is. Now everybody's a star. Now everybody's a famous Facebook person. Now, everybody's a famous whatever else you are on whatever device you have. Oh, the pictures we take of ourselves. Oh, the joy we have of talking endlessly about ourselves, even if nobody's listening or if anybody cares. It is the day of self-glorification. The sad thing is that self-glorification can come into the church. Self-glorification is something that puffs up your pride. And after all, we live saying, well, I'm somebody. No, actually, I'm a sinner that needs to be saved by the grace of God. That's what I am. I need to be saved. I'm a sinner. But we live in the time of self-glorification. If you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ today speaking to you, you've been called to live like Jesus. 
self-renunciation, not self-exaltation. That is honoring the Lord Jesus first and others first and yourself last. No self-glorification. He humbled himself. He was in the form of God, Paul said. But he made himself of no reputation. Are you more worried about your reputation than about your commitment to follow the Lord Jesus? What happened to qualify our Lord Jesus for his high priesthood? Well, first of all, he, he humbled himself as promised Messiah. He knew he was the son of God and yet he humbled himself and made himself of no reputation. He knew that he had been designated by God as high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. And God had sent him as high priest by God's appointment. So he is qualified to serve because of God's calling upon his life and assigning for him to be the one who leads us to God. You will never be able to have a relationship with God except through the Lord Jesus Christ. This is why we go unapologetically as missionaries around the world and say to dear people who are trapped in all kinds of dead, dark religions, only through the Lord Jesus Christ only can you be saved. So we learn today this very important and exclusive role of the Lord. Oh, we're, we're setting our minds in heaven for a few moments here today. There's one who's passed through the heavens alive today who is sympathetic to all that you're going through, but how is it that he was made to be this? Well, on the earth, please notice, first of all, he did not glorify himself to become high priest, but now we go to verse 7, 8, and 9 quickly, and that shows us this last observation that the Lord Jesus Christ, because of his sufferings on the earth and his sacrifice for our sins on the cross, was fully qualified to be our great high priest. What qualifies him? There's great moaning and groaning and sadness always in the world. There's always sadness. This week we have been reminded of the sadness of school shootings and wars and other circumstances of how sad the world is without Jesus Christ. How wicked and godless the world is in the hands of the evil one who has set his schemes. And the devil continues to run his plays and catch people in his traps. Oh, how we are reminded every day of the groaning and the moaning and the loss and the pain and the sadness. I read you verse 7. In the days of his flesh... He, Jesus Christ, our high priest, offered up both prayers and supplications with loud crying and tears to the one able to save him from death. You see, the Lord Jesus prayed like you pray. He prayed like you pray. When he was on the earth as son of God, coming to save the world of sins, Rejected by his own, humiliated and spurned and reviled and hated. He prayed with loud cries. He prayed with loud crying and tears. You say, what? Jesus Christ prayed with loud crying and tears? Yes, that ought to encourage you in your prayer life. When you go before God and you can't do anything but cry. When you go before God and there's nothing but tears that come. You don't even know the words to say. 
This is why you have a high priest. He identifies with you. He has experienced suffering at a level no person on this earth will ever experience. He experienced it all and he offered up his prayers and supplications with loud crying and tears. That's why chapter 4 verse 16, we draw near with confidence to the throne of grace and we bring our burdens there in our praying. He prayed. He cried out. We read here, he offered up prayers and supplications with loud crying and tears. We see in verse 8 that he learned obedience from the things he suffered, though he was the Son of God. What happened to the Lord Jesus as the cross approached? What did he say on the cross? We don't have recorded for us all the loud cryings and tears that went along in his life. We have a few, but we know what he said in the Garden of Gethsemane. If this cup can pass from me, let it pass, but nevertheless, your will be done, not mine. He cried to God. He cried on the cross when it was all said and done, when God forsook him, but when he became the sacrifice for the sin of the world, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Strong cryings, he cried out, he cried out as Luke said with a loud voice and then he gave up his spirit. He agonized in this world because he was the sacrifice for your sins. That's right. Take your mind back to the sinfulness of your life. The things you have done, the things you have said that are godless and sinful with your mouth and what you've done with your hands and the places you've gone and the things you have thought all of that sin placed on him and he was the forsaken one. That's why he has learned obedience from the things he suffered. And because of that, praise God, we read verse 9, after he did that, he was made perfect. That is, he settled, he finished his work of substitution for our sins. And he became, this is good news for everybody in this room. He became to all those who will obey him, the source of eternal salvation. Once you come to know Jesus Christ, you are saved eternally. You are saved permanently. You are now in the hands of God. Eternal life is yours, whether you live in your body or you are dead. Is that not good news to you today, my friend? You see, there's something beyond this sickened, broken, tired, aching, groaning world. And that is a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven. Do you ever go to heaven and set your mind on things above? How much news do you have to hear? How much do you have to pay attention to this world? Perhaps if we really understood this, my dear friends... If you're heavenly minded, you're of earthly use. If you're not heavenly minded, you're not of any earthly use as a believer. You're caught up. You're wringing your hands like the rest of the world. You're sitting around in your huddled uh, room in fear. You're troubled in your soul wondering how you're going to make it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. For we have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. He's passed through the heavens. Hold on to your confession. Draw near with confidence to the throne of grace because this is the one 
who offered up both prayers and supplications with loud crying and tears. This is the one who learned obedience from the things he suffered. He obeyed, listen, to the point of death. Have you obeyed to the point of death? Are you committed in every way in your life to follow Jesus and say, I will obey God rather than myself or men and my fleshly impulses. I will obey him until I am dead. You see, he's the one who is qualified to serve as our high priest because he suffered and his sacrifice for sin. So what do we remember from all of this today? Well, three things. This is the good news of the gospel. God has provided the church with an eternal and perfect high priest. And his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is, he is the one who is faithful, always faithful. He is the one who is merciful, always merciful. He is the one who is sympathetic. Listen, he understands what you're going through. All praise should be given to our glorious high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ. How is it that the book of Revelation reads it? I'll just read it for you. John, as he's preparing these words to the church about the glorious revelation of the Lord, says in Revelation 1.5, And from Jesus, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood, and he has made us to be a kingdom of priests, to his God and Father, to him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. That's what we say today. We honor Jesus Christ to his praise and glory forever and ever. And the eternal Lord Jesus, our high priest, remember every day of your life, he suffered for all of your sins that you will ever commit. And he did his work on the cross and said, it is finished. So I call you today, my dear friends, look to heaven. Let's go to heaven for a moment. Let's step away from all of the killing. Let's step away from all of the hatred. Let's step away from all of the anxiety and fear and worry and sickness and frailty and weakness. Let's step away. Let's set our minds on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of the majesty. You see, we look to heaven, to our great high priest who feels, understands, and helps us. We look to heaven, to our Lord, who is preparing a place for us. And we look to heaven, to our Lord, who is quickly coming from heaven to get us and take us back to heaven. To the praise of the glory of his name. The Lord is near to the door and we pray. What do we pray? Come Lord Jesus. Yes, come Lord Jesus.